the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community that sees all things new. My name is Jennifer Nuya, live streaming from Cavita, Philippines. You're watching Stories from the Fringe, Season 2, Episode 19. Let me know that you can hear me well by typing into the comment section where you are joining us from today. You can also use the same comment section to drop in your comments, ask your questions, or just anything that you would like to share with us today. We will also be dropping in links later that you can copy for later use or um, click on. For those who are tuning, for the first time, Stories from the Fringe aims to push for more diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in all aspects of our lives. We are committed to creating a world where individual differences like ability, gender, race, class, among others, are not only seen and understood, but also celebrated and empowered. We believe that we can all be a part of this collective vision. In order to make the most of our time together, we encourage you to turn off all distractions and prepare to take notes, mental or written, and be just fully engaged with our guest for today, Melissa Suban. Melissa Suban is a people strategist and CEO of Happy Factory. She helps leaders create happy human experiences across a business value cycle. And get this, she gets to tap her inner fairy for a living. Wow, that's lovely. And she helps create and implement personalized training programs, people strategies, customer journeys, and communication strategies that help create happy workforces. She also enjoys painting, yoga, and other mind, body, spirit practices. Melissa and I worked together last year on a five-day sprint sponsored by Women for Impact, an organization by Women for Women, which aims to unlock the full potential of women for a better world. But of course, that's another story for another day. 
Let me, um, please help me welcome Felicia Suban. Hi, hi, Jennifer. Hi, Melissa. How have you been since the last time we chatted? I have been great, thank you. Um, yes, South Africa is always awesome and still sunny, although we're slightly cold. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Can you please give our viewers a brief background about you and the work that you do in Happy Factory? Sure. Thanks, Jennifer. So I've spent 15 years in the, I call it the human experience game, even though it is corporate, the corporate world, mm -hmm. and works for a long time thinking about people and how we engage with each other, whether it is mm -hmm. employees with customers or whether mm -hmm. it is uh, employees themselves between each other and employer-employee relationships. And my core belief system is that happy people are more productive people. We all know mm -hmm. that people are mm -hmm. a lot happier in when they are doing what they love doing and when mm -hmm. they enjoy doing it, they do it well. So mm -hmm. that's how Happy Factory was born. I then started the company and then realized that I love solving people problems. So mm -hmm. uh, I like to think that I am part of the evolution but an evolution can't be done, you know, alone. You've got to have multiple people. So I like to call it the we-volution. And um, yeah, a little bit about me recently. I've spent um, a year airbnb around South Africa um, to experience the diversity and culture and just understand that, you know, what makes us different and, and what makes us the same. So... Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a people strategist by nature, also a change manager, and uh, I promise people that I can help them dig deep into their souls. Mm -hmm. Lovely, lovely. Now, um, my question is, to start, what, um, how do we define human? How is it to be a human? So I think if you look about, look at if you look at a cup, my mug, and you think to yourself, well, what makes this a mug? Is it the fact that it has a use? Is it the fact that it is made of certain material? Or is it the fact that I drink my coffee out of it and it caffeine caffeinates me? And mm -hmm. when you look at human beings, we realize that there's something that is within us that has been the same and has been there from the time that we were, think of the seven-year-old child. What is the same? Our, our cells change every seven years, mm -hmm. but there's something that still stays within us. And if you mm -hmm. look for that thing that stays within us, that stays mm -hmm. constant throughout our lives, that is the thing that makes you, you. I think that consciousness separates us from, um, you know, other entities and the way in which we use that consciousness to evolve, mm -hmm. to evolve mm -hmm. the people around us, to, mm -hmm. to move humanity forward, to move the people that are uh, similar to us. And when we look at what makes us the same, it is actually mm -hmm. that we all want to understand the meaning of life. We all want to find meaning and make meaning in whatever it is that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, think, feel, say, and mm -hmm. we want to engage with people. So no one wants to be alone. We've realized that during COVID um, mm -hmm. that 
everybody wants to have contact com comfort. Everybody values the engagements that they have with other humans. And when you look at those core fundamentals, you then realize that, well, hang on, this is actually what we should be focusing on um, instead of looking at what makes us so different uh, and instead of picking out on those differences. So I always say, if you care about the outside world, you must first look inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from within to without. Uh, oh, yes, I love that saying, you know, um, that saying goes back to ancient times. And it's well, my interpretation is that our inner thoughts and feelings actually mm -hmm. create what we see and what we experience. And when you look at it from a personal experience um, and from a like gender bias, I worked in, mm -hmm. in teams or where there were where there were many men. And I realized that. I could pick out on all the issues and all the problems, or I could set the stage for how I wanted people to engage with me. And I think it is, you know, that's the other thing. How do you make sure that you are inclusive without losing your own identity? Mm -hmm. And I think that it starts off from within with understanding yourself, accepting yourself. And when you can accept yourself, you'll find it's a lot easier to then accept other people. But most people want everybody else to be like them, right? Uh, you, you, if you ever were in a relationship, you realize, you know, you, you think you want the other person to change to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And you ask yourself, like, why? It is a personal responsibility. And are you happy okay. with yourself? So Burgess experiencing a slight technical glitch. Oh, okay. So... So Mel, you were saying about earlier that some people expect other people to be like them, think like them, probably speak and act like them, right? Yes. So in if you think about uh, a relationship, if you're ever in a and it could be any relationship, we assume that we would be happier in that relationship if the other person was like you. And when we look at recruitment, actually, in, in the workplace, mm -hmm. you have to ask yourself, and it's something that I always ask people, are you mm -hmm. hiring someone to be like you or to fill the gaps for mm -hmm. your differences, for the mm -hmm. things that you, you need to have in your, in your company? And it's the same for our family lives. If you, if you start there, what is within our spaces? Do we disagree with people and get cross with them and get upset because they are not like us? Or do we, you know, or do we value those things? And before we, we look in the outside world, we must look at our own personal relationships and, and actually even ourselves. Do we get cross with ourselves? A lot of people have self-hate because mm. they can't be a certain way. And... Mm. I argue, well, what if how you are is how you are meant to be always? And if you accepted that part of yourself, even if you're an angry individual or, you know, I, I sometimes have, I call myself, you know, a person with multiple personalities and alter egos. And sometimes I could be, you know, Khaleesi, mother <laughs> of dragons. And other times I could be, the fairy, the office fairy. 
And I think it just depends on the context of the situation where I need to be a project manager and, you know, get everybody in line or make sure that I'm holding people accountable to what they said they were going to do or that I'm easy and fun and uh, helping people just, you know, enjoy their work, you know, being a promoter of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think it, it, it just depends. Self-acceptance is, mm-hmm. is extremely important. My journey started off with wanting to change the world. And the more I tried to change others, the more resistance I encountered. Mm-hmm. And then I had to take this, you know, stop and take stock and really consider what was my intolerance of others' intolerances? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why was that a problem? Mm-hmm. So, so yes. That's very interesting that you pointed out. Um, when you mentioned multiple personalities, I, I'm reminded of Carl Jung's archetypes. So in a person, you are not um, static personality. You have dynamism. And based on the context, as you mentioned, you can be a project manager. And if you have a family, you can be a, the soccer mom, right? You can be the daughter. You have different roles. Now, you mentioned also about intolerance. Based on that, um, based on that uh, school of thought, um, Carlin said that if there is something that we don't like about another person, usually it's the unhealed part of ourselves, or this is the part of ourselves that we don't want to recognize. That's why it irritates us because we don't want to work on it. <laughs> so, so sometimes when I am, um, it's not always that I have good conversations with other people, right? And sometimes I'm triggered by, by what someone has said or done. And that that knowledge, that
PNC is a live stream platform of online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on the screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging authentic and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24-7 live stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Of course, I highly encourage you to continue watching Stories from the Fringe every Thursdays, 10.30 a.m. Philippine Standard Time. You can watch live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube. Follow us on IG. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 
Just search hashtag TNC now. Follow us on IG. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them just for you. Before we went on a short break, Melissa and I, we were discussing about um, how it is to be human and how we can increase our tolerance towards those people who we feel are different to us. How we can continue to be inclusive, but at the same time, have um, or conserve, maintain our self-identity. So let's, um, let's ask Melissa to join us again. Hi, Melissa. My take on when we think of intolerance, we think mm -hmm. of something that is that we don't like, mm -hmm. um, and it invokes emotions in us. That's why we don't like it. And Ill intolerance is the action, the feeling of it is something within us that is almost negative towards uh, and maybe it could be an opinion that the what the other person is doing is not right um, and it makes us feel angry it makes us mm -hmm. feel upset and that's mm -hmm. what brings about the action of intolerance so i think it starts off with an emotion an emotion that we attach and and meaning that we attach mm -hmm. to that particular thing that we are intolerant about mm -hmm. And when we go back to thinking about those emotions, you know, when we think of war, I, I always say, you know, war doesn't cure war. Hate mm -hmm. doesn't dispel hate. And mm -hmm. uh, anger doesn't dispel anger. Because if you're angry and you are fighting with another person um, and they are angry back at you, Think mm -hmm. of a screaming teenager that people have to deal with, or, or you were once a teenager and and uh, you know were angry at the world at some point. Hopefully mm -hmm. not all of us, but uh, it it stands to reason that if there's two angry people that are shouting at each other, it mm -hmm. almost creates a blocker because you aren't able to see and engage on that actual topic. So it's a barrier to communication. Mm -hmm. And I think when we look at intolerance. We, we have to, again, start from within. And when you can see, if you're self-aware that actually this person, or I'm being intolerant, or mm -hmm. the other person that's in front of me is actually being intolerant, it starts off with just being self-aware, with understanding what is happening in that moment. Um, it's, you know, it's an observation. And when you can, when you're self-aware enough to, look at that and observe the situation from the outside, mm -hmm. you then understand that you have a choice. You have mm -hmm. a choice as to whether you would like to um, participate in the emotion. And you have a choice as to what kind of emotion you are feeling at that point in time. And I think that when, when humanity can get to a point of forgiveness and love and understanding, um, then we actually can dispel hate, anger, and, and war. 
that that's a beautiful vision of the world and that is also the same vision that we have here for stories from the fringe when we make um when we give love forgiveness all these positive thoughts towards each other a chance so that's one way that we can be connected with other people. And if we are working in, a, in an organization, how we can stay connected with our team members. Can you cite other ways that we can also bridge that gap and stay connected with our team members? I think for me, it is, um, it is understanding and it is identifying the thing that makes everybody special. So when you, you know, and a great activity would be to write down all your team members' names onto, onto a piece of paper. And then next to each one of their names, if you write down one unique quality or characteristic that you appreciate, you're grateful for in that person. Mm -hmm. uh, it creates neural pathways and you know, um, links in your brain to say, every time I look at that person, I now understand what makes them unique or what I like about them and focusing on the positives. And when you start focusing on the positives, it's almost like, you know, you extend love, you extend good energy towards the other person. Mm -hmm. And it sets the stage for communication because, you know, a lot of our communication is done by intention. A lot of the time we say within the first 30 seconds, we've already communicated whether the emotions that we're feeling via nonverbal communication, body language, you know, whatever it is that you, your vibe that you give off to people. And I think that people understand that. So one of the ways to be connected to your team members is to identify what makes them unique and what makes them special and what you're grateful for in them. It's, it's when you see the specialness in their souls, then that's the point at which you start engaging with them from. And that is true connection. Mm -hmm. I believe that's a beautiful trick that you, put, um, that you put out there that is being grateful for the specialness of each and every one because I believe that if you're grateful, you have no time to pick all the negatives. <laughs> right because you're just grateful your um your joy is overflowing so you have no time to complain <laughs> why the report is not um is not being submitted on time and also one thing <laughs> you can relate <laughs> so one thing that you also touched on is the subject of communication um, one recent research that I have um, come across is the different types of communication, and it opened my eyes to a different perspective. Um, just for the appreciation of our viewers, we have different types of communication. So we have the analytical communicator. And it's interesting because I found out um, through taking a test that I'm an analytical communicator. Analytical communicators are people who like to um, discuss hard data and facts. Now, we also have the personal communicators. They are more of um, emotional and free form. Most of the people in HR, sales and marketing, are um, personal communicators. They want to um, talk about feelings and they seem to be chatty. And being an analytical communicator um, myself, I had, I had challenges um, in the past 
to understand um, why is this meeting taking so long? <laughs> we have like a meeting, um, an agenda set for four hours, but the first 30 hours is spent on just doing the small talk. Like, how have you been? How is your daughter? Um, so things like that. And then we also have, if I'm not mistaken, the personal, um, analytical, and then we also have the intuitive. So these are the people who don't like um, the nitty-gritty of the details. So if you give them something, they want to skip from A to Z. And that is the that is the antithesis of that's the antithesis of functional. Because when you now talk to functional people, they say process, process, process. <laughs> and they um, stress out those people who are intuitive. But the beauty of being a functional um, communicator is they don't want to miss out on anything because it might be something important and missing that important detail might derail the whole process. So once I have realized this is my, this is my communication style and these are the communication styles of those people around me, it makes easier for me to now um, as you mentioned, um, adjust, adjust my communication style because I have more self-awareness. And I believe that that is the, the challenge for those people who want to influence other people. We cannot expect other people to speak like us, to communicate the way um, that we communicate. And if they appear to be aggressive, they're not being aggressive. <laughs> I wasn't being aggressive. I wasn't being unemotional. Uh, I'm, I'm not robotic, but it's just the way I communicate. So I'm I, I'm sorry for those people I may have, whose toes I may have stepped on in the past. I didn't know any better, but now I know better. <laughs> well, you know, they say it is, it's actually our biggest job in life. And it's, it's an actually becomes an art form to help the people around us understand who we are. But mm -hmm. we must understand who we are first. So now that you know who you are, you've managed to actually apologize. This is a great case in point. Um, and explain to people, you know, um, I when I was in a bad mood and I worked with, um, uh, well, very many people, I would literally in my in my team just you know say to them things like oh dragons out today and I was talking about myself but people then understood that I needed to get some space um mm -hmm. you know don't don't you know give me some some time in which to mm -hmm. climate acclimate to the environment or um you know I'm I'm having taking a moment you know I'm taking a mm -hmm. moment for myself so I think it's important for us to understand who we are, how we engage with each other, and to also, just on that point of communication, I think that to set an intention. You know, mm -hmm. uh, in, in today's world, people think intention setting is, you know, woo-woo and, and, and all of these things. But practically, if you set an intention for every communication that you are engaging in or going into, any meeting that you go into, if you set an intention, it's almost like setting a goal. But if you make that promise, that inner promise with yourself, then you mm -hmm. kind of start engaging with people differently 
because you understand what you're wanting to communicate. And if you've set it um, in a good space, then at the at the start of the meeting, you've already engaged non-verbally uh, what your you know what your intention and what your outcome is from that session. Mm -hmm. so they say any truth can be said if it's said with with kindness. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this intentionality, this is not limited within the organization, within within your team. So how can we also place this intentionality when we create our customer journeys? So that's that's an, an interesting one and, and quite an awesome one uh, when mm -hmm. it comes to human experience. And that's what I call it. Um, I would encourage people to actually play out the entire customer journey and put in all of the customer touch points and then look at the, the emotion that is being experienced in each of those areas. What is currently happening? Uh, and then to almost immerse yourself in the customer's uh, shoes and then say, mm -hmm. what is the customer experiencing at each one of these points? And then as a company, what do we want people to experience? What is our intention for that particular customer experience? And it's not always, you know, all um, bubbles, uh, you know, they uh, off topic. Do you know that there's no angry way to say the word bubbles? Mm -hmm. I'll give it a try. There's no angry way. So it's not all bubbles and butterflies. Uh, sometimes you may want people to be, you know, serious and, and you want customers to uh, have specific emotions. But when you understand what that intention is, then mm -hmm. you are able to help your employees display the mm -hmm. right kind of behaviors in those customer engagements and customer uh, interactions mm -hmm. to to get to the experience. I think that intention setting is extremely important in in all aspects. Um, when you think about business partners as well, if you've got contractors or business partners, uh, freelancers that you engage with in your company, it's really important for you to also set intentions for the engagements for them if they are engaging with customers you know, we sometimes forget about that. How, mm -hmm. how are our business partners engaging with us and how are our business partners engaging with each other? Because I think mm -hmm. that's also part and parcel of the entire um, complex environment and, and almost creates, you know, uh, a synergy between everybody. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So what do you hope to create in the next 12 months? You and your team in Happy Factory. Well, I'm currently working on corporate retreats. Um, mm -hmm. That is my new my new interest, uh, mm -hmm. and um, there is a training program that I call um, hashtag I am human, helping mm -hmm. people understand what makes them human, helping people understand what their personal values are. Because you know, when you understand what your personal values are, then you realize that person that's making you really cross every day at work, mm -hmm. it's probably because they have a different value system as you. And it doesn't mean that it's bad or they're wrong. It just means that you need to engage with them a little bit differently or be mindful of how you are doing the engagement. So I'm very big on mind, body, spirit, and that's part and parcel mm -hmm. of, of what it is that, or the journey that Happy Factory is going on. It's bringing mind, body, spirit to the workplace. So it's 
mind, body, spirit at work. And, and that's the, the big thing that I'm focusing on this year. Marvelous initiative. Um, being human at work, I think, is primary imperative. I, I think that that's one of the things that every organization has to take into account. Some of the people, because we're moving into the fourth industrial revolution and everything is moving into the digital space, which was, uh, which was brought on also by, by the COVID-19 pandemic where we had to, to move to the digital spaces. Some expressed fear about um, how will this digital digital um, space affect us? Will we less uh, will we be less human because we will be uh, focusing more on the the AI, the VR, and other other um, sciencey stuff? But I guess as you mentioned, we are different. We are special because we have consciousness, and our goal is to continue humanizing the workplace. Yeah, digital tools are just tools, but um, eventually this is to serve us humans, not the other way around. Okay. 100%. So, yes. And um, so um, before we um, were, we're down to um, last two last two questions before we close this conversation. So how is Happy Factory uh, helping us create a more diverse, inclusive, and equitable uh, world for everyone. So this is one question that we always ask our guests on this show. Well, Happy Factory is starting with within and um, engaging. You know, I've I've started. Um, I'm always on journeys, and I've started a lot of different kinds of contemplations about. Um, my role in the world, my purpose, my purpose to myself, and mm -hmm. what makes me me, you know, the mm -hmm. intricacies of, of it. And so when I engage with people, it comes from a point of uh, storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a lot of power talks that I've been doing for people and training when it comes to diversity and inclusion. So Happy Factory has uh, has taken on the change because I, I believe that, you know, you've got to be the change that you want to see in the world. It is the reason why I left corporate. It is the reason why I started Happy Factory. And now it is the reason why I am bringing mind, body, spirit to, to the workplace. I believe that it is the right time for people to, to start engaging with spirituality and to mm -hmm. understand um, you know, all of the different aspects of it. And, and spirituality is not a, it's not religion. It is not a thing that you have to do after work because we, I find that a lot in the workplace is that we think, oh, you know, if I want to be mindful, I must do that outside. But now I need to focus on what it is that I'm doing in the workplace. And mm. I think that, um, you know, from, from that perspective, um, I, I'm, I'm extremely proud to say that Happy Factory is actually bringing that to the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud for you because it's not every day that a person can marry their ministry, their spirituality with their work, right? Mm -hmm. That's also I'm trying to work on um, for myself because I, I, it's difficult to con 
compartmentalize myself like okay i'll i'll put my my spirituality outside work but it doesn't work that way so i'm still in that um juncture in my life where i'm trying to 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 marry both and then um also um how can our viewers follow you on social media how can they get to know more about the work that you do on happy factory well, they can reach me on uh, LinkedIn or follow me on LinkedIn. There's always posts coming up uh, on contemplations or on Instagram if you're a, if you are for pictures and uh, and scrolling. And then there are there's also the website. So if they want to see more about uh, what it is that we have at Happy Factory, what it is that we do, um, they're most welcome to get us on www.happyfactory.us. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Melissa. Thank you so much for taking the time, um, the generosity of your background. I know it's very early in Johannesburg right now, but you still uh, made time for, for us, for our viewers. Thank you so much for that. It's been a pleasure being here, and I've gotten so much of value from this conversation as well. So, so thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Dear viewers, if you love today's session, we encourage you to invite your friends, colleagues, family members to be with us next Thursday, May 26. It's our anniversary special. And same time, same digital channel, the new channel. Thank you so much all for being here. Have a good day, a good rest of your day or evening, wherever you are in the world. God bless everyone.